0: beginning to cry without realizing why and then that was the first time i actually listened and then yeah within the month i why were you crying it was me realizing that the the parts that i was denying so many parts of me in the pursuit of doing what in quotation marks is right
1: And welcome to Woke Wogs. I'm your host and resident Wog, Jihara Volpe, here to navigate and facilitate conversations with the Wogs within my community that inspire me and hopefully you too. Now, if you're not familiar or not familiar (laughs) with the term Wog, it's a racial slur aimed at Southern European immigrants in Australia back in the day that has now been reclaimed and is celebrated as an identity affirming label. With that said, I want to draw attention to the ill use of this word still throughout the United Kingdom towards people from the East Indies, parts of Asia and North Africa. I want to pay my deepest respects and understandings to what the mention of it may bring up in you. Now for some quick self-advertisement. Do you have an event coming up and need an MC to make it a moment to remember? Well, that's what I do. I curate the optimal flow to any type of event and connect audiences to the messages that organisers are yearning to convey. So Great. Just DM me at the link attached and I can't wait to get involved. All right. In this episode, we talk about the art of following your nose, the three steps that you can take today in order to reclaim yourself and how Sejin packed her life into a van and learnt how to hustle without wearing shoes. Turn the volume down because this one is about to get loud. Uh, we are here. With the self-proclaimed barefoot hustler.
0: I should take my shoes off. Yeah.
1: Awesome. You gotta, you gotta live that. Come on. I'll just keep giving you labels there out you there go. while we're here. Yogi, Foot? PT, Dance Floor Destroyer, Empowerment Coach, <laughs> and affectionately named from me, Mr. Mrs.
0: <laughs> Wedge. Wedge. Wedge, man. Yeah. Yes, I Wedge, love. Because you think. I, thick, thick. Like a thickly in, sliced wedge? Thickly oh, sliced, man. That's what a wedge is. like a wedge, wedge at the
1: bottom of a shoe. A wedge at the – no, no, no. like no, a yeah. thick wedge no, of pie. Thick wedge. No, not even a pie. Just Price. I think wedges when I think about that. Yeah. Like you got chips in the canteen. Wedges. Sour cream. Pie. Sour, sour yeah, cream. Right. Barbecue sauce. Yeah. And your last name is going to make me struggle. Mm-hmm. But all I know is –
0: Gunaides. Hopefully that was Greek enough. It was, always why people say – Gonna this. Gonna read this. Or gonna ride this, as my friends say. Gonna ride this. Gonna ride this. ride this. Well, it's already
1: started <laughs> on go. some sort of track. <laughs> hey, you
0: said, I <laughs> <the potato>. <laughs> <laughs> you said wedge. I'm gonna give him the potato.
1: You said wedge. I'm gonna give him the potato. The thick. But babe, welcome mm. to Woke Wogs. Thank you. The sugar is nice and lush and plush. It's and- here. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we, we were talking about like, oh, you know, how wog are we? Are we wog yeah. enough are to be wog? wog? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, on the bottom half, the top half. Like what
1: that. was funny, I, 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 I was, I'm going to say it. Fucking, I'm going to say it. I was do like, <laughs> by looking at you, it's like you're, I wouldn't go, oh, yes, yeah, she's a wog. Ethnic question mark. From the waist up. Because yeah. we- <laughs> 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 I had to do it. I knew you'd appreciate take it. Take it there, take it there. Come it on, up. man. Your face. People need to see your face, man. Right, because there, there, there was a break period there. I was like, she didn't take this well. This, this is, this is, <laughs> Please explain to the audience. Sejin is, um, she's thick. She's like a wedge. She's got great legs, and she's a mover and shaker. It's actually how we first connected on the Ooh, dance floor. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just had this, this energy. Mm. And when I say it's like, by the looks of things, you wouldn't be a wog. By the energy of things, hundred mm. percent.
0: I like that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's been, yeah, my question of, am I wog enough? It's funny because like there's a whole Australian wog going to get the little espressos at 9pm at Vanilla in Oakley. Like, and I was like, I don't really do that. And then today I just went to my dad's house and I'm fucking wog. Like he's <laughs> uh, he's the most Greek man. Like there's like all these security gates and keys. And then I go inside and then he's in the same seat doing the same thing with the same drink. And then. We had the same conversation, and it's just been, it was beautiful for me to realize how woke I am in the values he's instilled in me and both expanding and not so expanding growing up. And yeah, it's been a journey to both become aware of the influence of both my dad, who is Greek, and my mom, who is Korean, um, to see, yeah, the different influences, <clears throat> the ones that allow me to accentuate who like the true me whatever that might mean me my fullest expression the ones and the parts that have held me back and then I think in the past yeah year especially but the past five years has been detangling this web of you know perceived identity or ego Mm. and yeah I feel like the past year it's been the biggest reclamation of self which I feel like has been the theme of my life and my work and it's yeah, I've never felt something more deeply purposeful and I feel like that is why I've been put on this earth, for now at least, mm-hmm. because it's my journey and then me sharing that, it just feels so natural and that's I feel like why I'm pulled into the work that I do.
1: Mm. So let's go there then. You talk about this reclaiming. When did you first start knowing that there were things pegging you back from fully expressing like I see you do? Mm.
0: Well, it's, there's been many many rites of passage moments for me to realize that, and like what I mean by reclaim yourself is to take back control of life, to step into more self-leadership, life autonomy, to become the architect of your own life in terms of mm-hmm. how you show up, what you dedicate your time to, the people you spend your time with, because without this intentional thought, which comes from awareness that we are acting in a certain way or being in a certain way, where we're kind of at the whim of what, are, what our environment. And for me, I didn't realize this, like, you know, yeah, I say this in the intro of my podcast. Let's see if I can do it as well. <laughs> but yeah, growing up, I was hardcore, a hardcore A-type personality, just full overachiever at high school, really just like, I just felt like I was sprinting through life. Mm. And just like there was not, looking back, there was no awareness. It was like, cool, just show up to school, do well and um, get good grades, get that ATAR, uh, cool, go to that university, just prestigious, prestigious. Looking back, it was all to be seen, which underpins a lot of my life. And I continuously have to slow down in my life and yeah, check in to see, is this coming from a part of me that wants to be seen? Or is this coming from a part of me that purely wants to be expressed? So it's like, I want to stay on track because I can go down many tangents.
1: Yeah, and let's just for the listener, you know, when you speak about parts work Mm. or when you're questioning yourself, Mm. what do those conversations look like? How do you engage with yourself to then verify what's happening,
0: Mm.
1: what's the need or what's the want? What does that conversation look like?
0: Well, the parts work is a psychotherapy technique that allows us to realise that we we are made up of many parts. So, you know, mm. I can be pissed off but also grateful and also scared but also turned on all at the same time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> i try to imagine
1: this. <laughs> okay.
0: But, and, yeah, so this allows us to, yeah, realise that we are complex beings and by, I just say, if we didn't have this understanding of ourselves, mm. we would deny many parts of ourselves because it's like, well, for example, I should be grateful that I'm living in Australia. I have a lot of privilege. I have a roof over my head. You know, I should be grateful. There's no room for anything else. Mm. But then also, okay, why is there an underlying dissatisfaction? My job, or, you know, it's paying the bills, said so be grateful, but actually it's not sparking my soul. But for some reason, like sort of just allows us to step into the human experience more.
1: Mm. Yeah. And it sounds like you hear the many voices, mm. realize which ones are mine, Mm. which ones have I taken off from Mm. societal pressures, Mm. which stories am I trying to live out and whether that part of myself feels like it needs to live up to that expectation Uh, or, (sighs) as you've been saying, like restrict in order to be in alignment with that sort of programming or ideas of how I need to be within my family construct or with my social construct or even just with my own personal construct of my ideas of life from everything I've taken in.
0: 100%. And like the whole, for me, the whole, end goal is to embody and be in my higher self. What that might mean. And so these parts that might come up that might be in the way, usually to protect ourselves because growing up we've either been in a position, you know, in our family home with parents or the media or school or whatever where we haven't had our needs met. Mm. And, for example, yeah, so if a part of you didn't get seen by your parents because they were really busy or they weren't, I guess, uh, emotionally mature or whatever, you're going to constantly be seeking these needs in different ways by Mm. overachieving, by looking a certain way. These two were my, were my, I guess, avenues to Mm. be seen To And especially, you know, as a woman as well, uh, as a personal trainer for nine years, like it was really easy to use my body as a way to get noticed. And the thing is, because we live in a society, sadly that does value that stuff, I was getting the feedback where, yeah, if you look a certain way, mm-hmm. five years ago, if you're looking thin and tan or whatever these things that you know the media shows, yep. then you get seen more. And yeah, scarily, it's still happening. Of course. So like that, that, or to, or the other side was overachieving. You know, when I got a really high ATAR or mm. when I won a lot of sporting events or all these things, people were like, said whoa, amazing!" And I, that's for me, that was my bread and butter. I was like, "Hell yeah!" So anything short of that wasn't enough and then going to uni doing law and commerce again I was just fed off there oh my god they just killing it but it was these were the parts that just had this insatiable need to hear that mm-hmm. rather than my higher self of is this actually what I want does law or you know does obsessing about what I eat or all these things you know what I wear is that actually serving me or is that just feeding these parts that these little parts that just want to be seen and want mm. to be loved Unconditionally. Those needs are being met but not in a way
1: that is conducive to you living in communion with yourself. Okay, fast lane. Yeah. You're pumping through, you're getting straight A's, you're you're, you're working it out. Mm. When did you first have a bump in the road or a moment of awareness where you're like, this might not be Mm -hmm. it?
0: It was my first trip. I think I was 21. I went overseas and before that, again, two jobs, law and commerce, every single social interaction you could think of. Just life was I, – I barely remember these years. It was just so quick. Um, and, yeah, I went to England for an exchange for 10 weeks. It was so much fun, just wild 21-year-old self getting smashed. And then <laughs> oh there was a 14 – It was it was embarrassing, but I feel like I also – I'm glad I got out of my system. But yeah, mm. she liked to drink. And yeah, and then it was winter, it was like December. I was like, Do I come home? There was a couple of months before I started uni again. I was like, it's freezing here. Not much is happening in Melbourne. One way ticket to South America. I just had this pool. Didn't know. And I literally within a week I booked a ticket from Berlin celebrating New Year's to Mexico. Never been to South America. Didn't know any Spanish at the time. Actually no, I knew a bit. Um Gracias. It didn't matter. <laughs> Very good. We walk. We walk. Right? We walk. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. So then, went, just had this pool, and I always I have this fascination with Latin culture, mostly from my, the music. I just I would snort Latin music if I could. It was it's so <laughs> good. It just invigorates my soul. I feel like yeah. I was Latin in the past life. And I got there and I landed, and something on that land. I remember coming out at, in Cancun Airport, of all places, as well. And there was just a shift. There was like this spaciousness that it provided both physically but also yeah energetically and spiritually that there was just like this I knew something big was going to happen and it was also all solo and for the next three months I traveled solo through Mexico Peru uh Colombia was the biggest one and just having these wild adventures but the biggest things was I'd wake up and instead of you know, looking around, being with my friends or colleagues or whatever, I'd be like, cool, what do we want to do? It was There was no one. So mm. I was like, cool, what do you want to do? So it was the biggest opening for me to actually ask, yeah, what does light me up? What do I do for fun when no one's around? What excites me or, you know, what would I do if I know no one around me is around? I'd have to impress anyone or try to be anyone. Mm. And it just allowed this blank state. Wow. And it was incredible. And I, it also... Um, That in conjunction with seeing a whole new way of living, an alternative way of living of, you know, Mexico, there's a lot of poverty. Mm. And, you know, in Melbourne, I was a personal trainer alongside studying in a really affluent area in in Glen Iris, so Melbourne, a lot of money. But, you know, a lot of people I was training, they, they were complaining about their job, you know, not having big enough house or just like not having any time. But in my head I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's just life. Mm-hmm. But then I go to Mexico and I was seeing little kids with no money and, you know, anyone with no money, but they were all laughing and jovial mm-hmm. and just had this energy, like this spirit that I couldn't, it I just didn't make sense, this passion that I rarely saw, I was going to say in the white world and in Australia. And that <laughs> it, it just confused me a lot. And I came back and I went back to law and commerce and just, once that bubble, that little seed of awareness is, is popped in, it just gets bigger and bigger. And I started noticing, I was like, okay, again, like people having yachts and they weren't happy. And then I was just remembering these people in Mexico where they had nothing, they'd be welcoming me in. That It was just I could go on forever, these stories. And it just didn't make sense and it really shattered a lot of the paradigms I had created for myself mm. because when you don't know until you know.
1: So a- absolutely.
0: And at the time I thought I was I was like, yeah, I'm so happy yeah, on, on my path and then realising... Yeah, I actually don't know any lawyer. I don't know the lifestyle. I don't know this and that. And then I actually, yeah, ended up quitting law, finishing commerce. Um, but then since that first break of, it was almost like I put down this rule book, mm. and I flipped to the front and realized, well, wait, my name's not on this. Isn't my rule book? Mm. That's massive.
1: Oh man. Yeah, I love when somebody's talking and like my memories of myself in my life are ricocheting. Mm. One thing that came from what you were saying was, you know, the whole notion of like dance like nobody's watching. But all I'm hearing is you got to be sedging like no one was watching. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because as a high achiever, all of those things are still awesome. Mm. There's nothing wrong with kicking ass. I feel like we sometimes overcorrect. I'm like, oh, we're, we're achieving too much. We're doing too much. Yeah. Let's all just, let's just chill. Let's just have a tea and let's calm down. And then nothing gets done and yeah. no one's in the room doing anything. I've
0: done that so many times. Yeah, Man, yeah, I was
1: just talking about it today with a friend. And then there's the other thing that comes in about what matters. And it's like this thing that I'm chasing through acquiring, acquiring the need, actually, as mm. you said before, which is purely love and mm. acceptance or whatever it may be been in your childhood, which all these things are giving me, this Mm. recognition from my community. You're seeing people being recognized in their community for just being them. Mm. And they understand the value of life because of the lack of what they have. Mm. Therefore, this connection is the most valuable thing playing with a soccer ball that probably has sticky tape all Mm. over it and ripped shirts that Mm. your dad's given you or you found on the side and put it together. Mm. But seeing your friend that day is the highlight. Mm. Like that's that synergy because we are ultimately wired for connection. And I love that. I love like you get back and you're like, this isn't my book. Mm -hmm. Look at this library that I can start reading and then writing my own book. Mm. And this feels like really, oh, I feel it vibrating within me that, that there's many books that we need to put down. Like you said, there's an S there, there's an E there. Mm. I don't know how to spell your last
0: name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I'm hearing, and I, I really love that you've sifted that through, like this reclaiming of self is, is also a discovery of who I am. And somebody said recently, it's like, life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself.
0: I like to say remembering.
1: Remembering.
0: So it's already within us. You don't have to learn anymore. You have yep. to unlearn. unlearn, unlearn all the things that we've been, yeah, conditioned to believe, and then what's behind all of that. And a lot of the work that I do, I've created this two-step process called define and align. And you know, define what is important to you. What does it mean to live a happy, successful, connected life? And then we align our life to embody that. You know, that then you know the the lifestyle, the habits, whatever we do. But the biggest problem I see in this modern world from my experience is that we're hustling our fucking asses off, you know, the nine to five work, the gym every day, the whatever it is we're doing, 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 but we're trying to align our life to a definition that was given to us. Mm. So no matter how hard you try, you might be taking off all these things. But again, if this rule book is in your own, you're not going to feel satisfied. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I do is taking people back and, through my podcast, through coaching, through the workshops and events I do, I want to have this like massive, shocking moment to help people realize, holy shit! Like let me let me go to this front page. Is this is this my own life? And how do you do that? Yeah. So it, that one. So with the two steps, like the align part. Once people know, and again, it's constantly evolving. It's not like I know myself sick. <laughs> you know, every every day, every year, we we evolve and change, and we hope for that. But once we have a definition you know, for at least at that, that moment in time, the aligning part is for me relatively easy as a coach. You know, it's it's progressive behavior change. It's, you know, the habits, it's looking after your body. It's, you know, understanding the patterns and the tendencies and the, the trends in your life that allow you to feel good and what you have to eat and how much you have to sleep and the people in your life. That's, I feel like, pretty doable. But the defined part mm. is the juicy one where it is, you know, I can help people to an extent. But also them finding themselves, you have to accept that call to adventure. You have to, is it that solo trip to a place that scares you or a place that calls you for no reason, you have no idea? Is it reading books from different perspectives and different cultures and putting yourself in situations that, you know, you don't know? Is it it a shit ton of journaling and questioning? And that's a lot of the stuff that I do is, you know, help people see things in a different way.
1: So you get them to be curious about what they want and their dreams. I'm sure you get people that go, I don't know what to put down. What happens then?
0: Mm. Someone said this to me, which I think resonates easier. Instead of following your intuition, your gut, before I was in this kind of world of speaking this, this language, I was like, what the hell's following my gut? I'm hungry. Cool. <laughs> but like following your nose is more like everyone knows, you know, if you can smell something good there. You're going to want to go there. Mm. So it's like, cool. What do you find interesting? Mm. What do you find? What are you curious about? And I always say, you know, follow that. And if it doesn't make sense, even better. Because if it makes sense, then it, you might be going off, you know, okay, if I was a personal trainer, maybe I'll do a boxing course or I'll do whatever, but it's like, okay, I, I'm curious about fire performance. It's like, why? It's like, no, no, just just go, just do it. And then when I do that and then I meet that person, then I get into contemporary dance. Why? No, just do it. And then that led me to eclectica. Okay, random. Okay, eclectica, feminine embodiment. Dance mm-hmm. school, and then there you meet. I meet these people, and then that leads me to this community, and it all just looking back again, and the whole Steve Jobs. You know, you can connect the lines, but you only can do that in hindsight. But at the mm-hmm. start, you just what are you curious about? Because that is, you know, not speaking too wishy, but that is your soul prodding you. That's p- pushing you in a certain Ooh, direction. I like yeah.
1: that. I, I I was saying to to Luke Vecchio, I call it like my 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 soul's itch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or that resin. You talk about the parts, a part of me resonating so highly. Like I was even at a at a musical the other day and when you're talking, I'm like, oh, I've felt that before and I was watching it, but there was two things happening. Mm. I was receiving the content and loving it and a part of me was like, I like that. I like that. How fun would that be? Mm. Or, well, could you, remember you used to want to do that? Because mm. I used to perform. I used to, man, yes. do cooking shows in, in my house. I used to do like full performances in my lounge yeah. room. I was even in a bit of theatre. And it's crazy, like you you talk about that remembering, like that was a remembering for Mm. me in that moment of what lights me up, that Mm. performer. And what I'm hearing in what you're saying it's you're asking people to be curious. You're asking people to be involved in the world and not going with the patterns in which they've mm. been given or the things that are holding them back from those moments where they know smell something but they go, i got to get that done though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I can't look away mm-hmm. from the thing that i got to do because i got to get this done. I've got to create this. I've got to keep going. I'm doing this breath work. I'm doing that. I'm following Andrew Huberman. I'm I I'm, 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 fucking programming everything. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. so sort of stressful. I'm having this supplement, that supplement there. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. That exploration that you were experiencing when you were traveling mm-hmm. was you just following your nose and
0: finding the magic on the road. It's it's realizing that everything's a choice. And that might have been, yeah, a statement that's been said so many times. But realizing that, you know, so many people look at my life, especially when I was van living, and I was like, so lucky, I wish I could do that. Why not? I, th- I mean, in this, you know, this modern privileged society that we've been brought up in, I'm not gonna speak for. You know, there are definitely challenges that other people, everyone faces, but it's all a choice. Like everything will come with a trade off. And that's something that I love to sh- really drill into people because, you know, you can look at the flashy parts of any life. For example, okay, a nine to five worker, they have a lot of security, mm-hmm. they have good money, they're in abundance financially. Um, you know, they may be getting challenged at work in a really stimulating way, networking, all great. The other side, not much flexibility, autonomy. Maybe not recognition in work. Maybe doesn't ignite their soul because it's repetitive. Okay, you can put whatever. For example, with the line of work that I do, the great part's flexible. It's oh, the inverse. <laughs> I can go anywhere. I can work anywhere. I can work with who I want. I love it from so much. The inverse. Yeah, I don't know when my next paycheck is going to come. It comes in bursts. Or um, if I don't, you know, go to work, there's no sick sick leave. There's no, you know. Uh, dental, what a, what a cover. <laughs> I haven't got it in that long. <laughs> got there we go. Super, all that stuff. i got to pay my own super. So that kind of stuff, there's a massive trade-off, but because for me, I've done the work to go inside and I really know my values as having freedom, as having community and connection, you know, for that to be a primary part in life. And when I was going for it in the nine to five world, I didn't have enough time for that. So me knowing my values the trade-offs, I'll fucking happily take them mm. because they're ticking off my deeper values. And someone else I know, like my dad, is all about security. He, him trying to do what I'm doing, he would implode and cry every day. He loves his work and he was able to provide for his family. That was his value. So that was actually great. So we all have our own constitutions. The whole reclaim yourself is for us to realize that it's all a choice to yeah, take a courageous step back. And there's three C's that I always love to share in all the work that I do is one is to be curious, to go in, Mm. to ask these questions. Who am I beyond everything? Two is have the courage for whatever comes up because if you create this identity and you go in, you realize it's not a match. It's going to take a lot of courage to make these changes because you're going to lose friends. You might lose your job. You might lose so much of what you thought was you. And that's the like inevitable break that a lot of people who embark on this. So called becoming journey, I guess, go through. And the third one is compassion because there's a lot of roadblocks. There's a lot of parts that you might actually really not like. And, you know, you might fall off the bandwagon, whatever that is. And to constantly give yourself compassion and be like, I'm fucking trying the best I can. And mm. to keep coming back to that. In fact, with these three C's, you really can become the architect of your life. Feels fucking good.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the way that you, consolidated everything that we were just journeying towards it's like you do this for a living i tried <laughs> <laughs> now for me uh, if i was a listener i'd be like okay now we know all the back end of reclaiming ourselves mm-hmm. we've heard incredible things about the way you start the process and the three guiding lights of that curiosity that courage and that compassion but let's plug back in to the storyline mm-hmm. of sedge you've mm-hmm. come back from south america you're in the curious element, I would assume, mm. like kind of like the unknowing of what you're actually experiencing. You've come back, you've dropped the book. book. Where to on this journey towards learning these things that you're now giving back mm. to the community?
0: So I came back and, yeah, after a few months realizing that that degree or just that lifestyle wasn't for me, I quit law. But, again, I didn't have enough courage. I was like, I'm still going to have some security. So mm. I finished my commerce um, degree, also whilst personal training, so personal training was my part-time job because paid well. I was incredibly sporty growing up; it just made sense. Um, and when I finished you no know, commerce, I was like, "Cool, maybe I'll just go full-time, corporate." And I had a finance and accounting major. And so I was a tax accountant for a bit. I was a financial advisor. What man, are you talking said, about? I
1: know. It's so, not dressed like this. Not just so like this. It's so
0: funny telling people oh who God. know me now. i got to get photos for the reels for this. So, I need it. I, I wonder. I probably burnt him all with my <laughs> Zara blazers. And yeah, and it just, I remember then that it was a Tuesday and I walked in and just say after, like, you know, being years as a personal trainer, going into the gym, my energy, and for those who don't, haven't met me yet, I I, I have a, Big energy sometimes mm. <laughs> when I'm awake. <laughs> um, and I'm just like this like excited puppy that just loves to go around, meet people and just like damn. And just that's I feel like who I am. And mm. when I worked uh, into the, the gym, for example, that energy was celebrated and, you know, clients came to me for that and, and you know, my personality Help me yeah, develop deep relationships with my clients. Whilst when I did that at the office, and I remember it was a Tuesday morning and it was fair enough, it was overcast during the day. It was it was pretty depressing outside. But I walked in and I was like, what's up? And then just the entire office just like looked at me and it was just like this like, it just what's the opposite acceptance? It was just like, who do you? Th-? Yeah. No, 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 none of that. And I just remember becoming so small and then just like going to my little cubicle office, whatever it was, And just being, you know, in such, like, embarrassment and shame. And then it was funny, like, that whole day, me plugging numbers and leaving, I just felt like this robot. And I got on this train and I saw actually a high school friend on this train and he was in 9 to 5 as well. And we both looked at each other and we're like, oh, hey, what's up? And then he – I've known him for, like, seven years and he just blanked on my name. (laughs) And and then we were both just in this zombie state and he was like – and we were just, like, like shells of who we were. And I got off, I was like, that was – weird and then it was just like this realization of like, you know, if we're humans outlined I see a lot visually uh, outlined in this like black outline and when we're in our expression we're full of color in fact in that time I was just completely black and white mm. and then that's when I realized I was like this is not what I'm meant to be doing and then I considered I was like hey maybe if I go full-time personal training and that was a whole other death like letting go of a professional job and going into something that I perceived as not as professional. And I was completely in my ego, but then going full-time personal training, absolutely loving it. I've learned so much in my time as a personal trainer, both, you know, really getting tuned with my body and what I needed to be optimal, but also giving me so much insight into people and, you know, understanding why people are the way they are. And like some of my clients were CEOs. some of them had depression, some were you know, keynote speakers, all different nationalities. And for me, that was such a pivotal, yeah, period of my life. And I also had to learn how to have a conversation with a brick wall, anyone. Mm. That's, I feel like, where I came from was my personal training years. Um, and, yeah, realizing that in that time I was helping people, but there was only so much you could help people physically. A big part of it, like, you know, your body is a temple and it's a foundation of a lot. But in my own journey, we got to a point, I got to a point where yeah, it only took me so far and I was still not happy. Okay, cool. I had a six pack or 12 months of the year. I was looking a certain way. I was really fit, but still that, like, yeah, something wasn't serving me. Mm. And then, so then I went on this whole journey um, as I started. Yoga was my gateway into the internal world. Um, so wait, let's just pause. Yeah, I could speak forever.
1: <laughs> no, 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 because I'm, I'm, I feel like we're missing a, a pivotal step here. It's like, I love it. You were in the curiosity but you lack the courage. Mm. You are still doing things to stay in the safety. You then go to a place and how powerful is that? Mm. You've been rejected. Your light has been pushed away. you just being authentically you. Again, I've been that same person many times and there is knowing the place to deliver that, but it didn't feel like it was like, hey, it's just not in this moment. It was like, you're not right here. Mm. And you felt that ripple in your your space, in your internal energy and going, I'm not my colorful self here. There's this soulful itch, as Mm. I'll call it again, and then you're in PT land and you're doing all these things, you're kind of learning how to be a great podcaster, you're learning how to be a great people person in this place from meeting all these different people from all different walks of life and finding the threads that we can connect on to give Mm. them the experience that they're paying for, and now you're in the courageous bit. Did you drop that job? Did you quit? When did you make the call? No, that was
0: good. Thanks for the summary. Basically that whole time was me trying to find what sparked me without me realizing. It was a subconscious. It was like me throwing past at the wall. Which one stuck? Cool. So like, you know, some of that stuck because I really liked mm. you know, conversing with people uh, as a personal trainer, but I knew that, yeah, the physical component was only one part. Mm. So then I started doing the work on myself internally doing my yoga teacher training. I had a philosophy teacher uh, that changed my life and that he was doing what I'm trying to do now where it's, ask these deep questions, creating these situations and these perspectives that shake up your whole world. Mm. And then I started doing uh, coaching work and a lot of like s- psychology work and these kind of things to, I guess, create more awareness for, uh, from my you know, actions and behaviors and like you know, that kind of parts work. And then, I mean, there's so many different things that have helped me see and understand where things are coming from. The last step so far in my life that allowed me to fully step into courage was just a bit over a year ago Um, and it was me you know I was doing some coaching work I was with a partner that loved me dearly I was surrounded by really good friends but there was just this I call it the the last one so far in my life was just like this deep is this it Hmm. and just like this like I knew cognitively in my mind I was like I'm ticking all these boxes but why am I still looking to buy tickets somewhere? Why am I still looking to escape? And it was off the back of, you know, a lot of COVID. And you know, at that point in time, which is crazy to think it was only a year ago, at how much I was only living my head and I was logically thinking. And that's why it was hard because my body was telling me something. My soul was telling me something. But I completely cut trust in that. So I was just continuously doing the things that my, I was like, yeah, this makes sense, this makes sense until it got to the point where it was a, my best friend came down from bar and, and I was reflecting my life and I was like, yeah, this, this, but like, no, 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 you know, I was denying these parts. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's still good. And then she was like, Sedge, are you, are you hearing how unhappy you are? And then I just remember this emotion coming up and me just yeah, beginning to cry without realising why and then that was the first time I actually listened. And then, yeah, within the month I... Why were you crying? It was me realising that. The, the parts that I was denying like so many parts of me in the pursuit of doing what, in quotation marks, is right. But I wasn't choosing myself. And it, yeah, it was like this realising that you, could, you couldn't keep going. And it was me taking responsibility for the choices I was making and the unhappiness I was perpetuating on a deeper soul level. And I, yeah, ended up quitting my career of nine years as a personal trainer i left a beautiful relationship i'd known him for five six years we're still close friends now but yeah ended that and went on a one-way uh adventure in a done-up van not knowing where the fuck i was going i, I went to strawberry fields and then didn't come back i just went there had some friends there and then i remember leaving strawberry field and it was sunset and i was driving and i had just Canberra in my Google Maps. I had no idea. Why? Just Canberra. I know. I know. Mistake number one. I've learned many, many mistakes on that trip. But it was just, and I remember leaving, and again, this like unexplainable emotion coming up in my body, and I started to cry, and it was a bit of like fear. i be like, what the fuck are you doing? Everything, you know, you know and is, is secure is behind you. But then the vast majority was my soul just being like, you're finally doing it. Mm. Like you're finally choosing yourself. And, and that was a 7 month van trip that fuck me dad changed my life like the people the environments that every the things i said yes to and the biggest one was again it was that blank state like it was like me going to mexico be like who would i be and it was it was that again but in an even more mature body and soul and then the another huge thing that's why i keep advocating the importance of who you surround yourself with i was in an environment which is in Northern Rivers, which is so beautiful that accepted me for who I was hmm. and it gave me the feedback of unconditional love and, you know, even if you're not you know, in Melbourne, you know, it's being cool or in you know, the style or whatever it is because you need the, these expanders to see what is possible because if, if you never leave the bubble, you can do the best you can. But if everyone's reflecting to you their projections or their, you know, inaccurate, whatever, their values system underpinned by things that might not be in a high frequency, that's the limit that you can go. Mm. And so, you know, go on a, I went to 8 bills last year where it's like <laughs> wild and just like all these still different Still type cues. A, still type A. <laughs> <laughs> type Z. And, um, and yeah, just being reflected and being shown the unconditional love that I never had because again, like, I mean, my parents tried the best they could and they loved me, but they were following their rule book. And when I didn't follow, you know, to do this or that, it was very right and wrong in my life growing up. And that was, um, yeah, very Greek, beautiful, but yeah, it created a lot of tension when my rule book didn't align with my dad's rule book. And then a lot of shame and was, was building within me. But yeah, that, that unconditional love was life-changing, that's something that I'm still trying to practice within myself and it comes up like it was a massive moment when I realised, you know, doing all this work, I was like, I'm loving myself, I'm happier a lot Um, and I was looking at my life objectively a lot but then when COVID hit or when things I couldn't use to, again, look a certain way or achieve a certain something and I'd struggle and then I had the realisation that, I wasn't getting better at unconditionally loving myself. I was getting better at meeting the conditions I'd set for myself. Mm. And so I'm constantly like whether it's through journaling or day trips away, away in my van or mm. just for me stillness is what allows me to come back and really ask myself where is this coming
1: from? Mm. And, and you say, and not to cut you off there, but the conditions, what I'm hearing, hearing there within me is when I do this, then I can love myself. If I operate from this place, if I tick those boxes, then I deserve my own love. Is that what you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah mm. 100%. And so on that trip, yeah, I was reflected no matter what you look like or no matter what you do, even if you wake up and you, you do nothing all day, you're epic. Do you want to come play guitar with us? Do you want to do that? Or, oh, my God, I love your energy, Sedge, not I love something a bit more objective yeah. or whatever that is. And so for me, that helped me practice Alongside me doing you know a lot of the parts work and quite a lot of um, really beautiful expansive experiences, um, but that's led me to come back to Melbourne, and again that whole van trip was and yet another me in that define creating that new life that I wanted to live. Even though I've done it so many times, but you know before I left Melbourne when I was unhappy is because I it had changed clearly and I wasn't there was a new definition that wanted to be heard. Yeah. And then since coming back. It's been yeah, challenging at times, but it's been that's the aligned part. How do I align Melbourne, which I've been here my entire life, doing living a certain way? How have I, how can I create a new way to make money, a new way to spend my weekends, mm-hmm. a new way to spend time with friends? And that's why this community just came at such a perfect time. Cause it's just a new me and then also so much space because yeah, there are some friends that I don't want to.
1: Connect with
0: with anymore because they bring out an old version of myself that doesn't, yeah, serve me anymore.
1: And you know what I love about hearing everything you've said? How long it takes to be courageous. I feel that in my life when I've taken too long in my head to make big decisions, I've freaked out. I haven't gone with what my soul was asking. I can get into this shame loop of like I'm wasting time or I didn't do it then. Look at everyone else who's being so brave. And all I've come to understand is that everyone that I think just made a big courageous decision like that, <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> it took years mm-hmm. and took many, many, many breakups with parts of themselves, with coming close, getting to the edge and then turning back and getting cold feet Yeah. and how long it takes to really get to that point of going, no, I'm choosing me on this one. And the courage and that quote comes to me is like, we grip hardest before we're meant to fall, and mm, I love that. Yeah, it's something that I have to remind myself because normally I get this. No, 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 may, maybe not. Because I'm breaking up with a part of myself. I'm leaving that storyline behind to go and to go and explore the unknown, which is courageous as fuck. Mm. And then what I'm hearing is you're going out there, and now you're getting all these reflections of, "Hey, you, I like it more, mm. not less, mm. more." Mm. Be big mm-hmm. and not big in the way to take space from everyone else, which is a projection that I've had many times. And also I had to understand that, yeah, my energy is big mm. and it comes from a beautiful space. It's just how I love to be, mm. especially in my relationships. When someone's giving me fire like you were on that dance floor, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm liking this heat. Let's turn it up a little bit. But big in the sense... Of making more space for other people to step into it, and there's there's a nuance in there, there's for a sure. dance, there's a grayness, there's an inviting in, there's realizing when it's my time to be me, mm. and when that's taking away from other time, other people's time to be them. Mm. But I think that first little payoff when people are just recognizing that and not putting that in a box and telling you not to do it when you walk into the room at work, mm. actually just saying, "Hey, can we just get you for that?" Mm. There's this beautiful journey of compassion and love for that part of yourself that mm. maybe you would have just blocked, as you said, mm. entangled, only let out at certain environments that it was meant to be okay. Mm. And then you come back to the hardest part for me of the hero's journey. You, it's easy to be happy in paradise. It's easy to be myself when nobody is watching. Mm. And now you re enter,
0: mm.
1: and now people are watching. And now you're having to choose and make courageous decisions of not staying in relationships or in connections or in spaces where people are reflecting parts of you. that Not that you don't want to see, but that's what they see you for. Mm. It's huge.
0: Huge. Yeah, thank you so much for reflecting that. And and it has been like the first couple of months of me coming back to Melbourne, which again was I've spent the first 90% of my life here living that old version. It came with its challenges, but it's like, and that's something that I'm really trying to um, use my inner compass. That kind of these uh, really trying to change the way I'm living from my mind to my body. And mind is epic; like it's gotten me really far. And that's why when you're saying, you know, you know, uh, it's taken so long. And I guess looking back and being like, every single chapter or era of my life, I was getting something. Mm. I could have been like, oh, PT, I wasn't meant to end up in it. i wasted so many years. No, it was preparing me in yeah. conversations and relationships and. You know understand the f- human body and so much and you know my time as a financial advisor and like you know, all these things now I invest. Like, just, like <laughs> all these things. Like yeah. and they all happen to create you know all the ingredients to the cake that I am now. Mm-hmm. And and even right now, like you know who might in five years I'd be like, mate, you you're doing a podcast. That's not what you're meant to be doing. It's all getting me to where I'm meant to be. And the biggest thing is trust for me. Like literally if if we could hold more trust in our life, yeah, we would let we would let go of a lot of the suffering that we hold and, you know, to kind of wrap this up for people to be like, cool, amazing, reclaim yourself, how, like, where am I on this journey? I think to the biggest thing for at least me and I think a lot of what a lot of our people that live in a city experience is that we're living on autopilot and we're living quickly Mm -hmm. and to slow down. And that can mean different things for different people. It can mean having a tea, at night away from the kids or away from your work desk or can be taking your car out to watch a sunset on your own or, you know, whatever it means to slow down and to really, yeah, the first two C's have the curiosity to ask yourself, am I happy? Mm. Or, you know, where am my life? Am I not? Where am I life? Am I a bit dissatisfied or not seen or yeah, there's friction. And then, the, like the obstacle is always the way I feel, and that's you know in the parts work in life in all these things, yeah. Double click and zoom in on the part where you have the courage to admit that maybe you're not happy, and then yeah, and go from there, and 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 really developing that trust with your body. Yeah, even a year ago I was like, yeah, I'm I'm killing, it. I'm doing all the things, but trusting. Okay, well. Why do I keep coming back to this Mm. feeling?
1: Slowing down enough to listen to yourself. Mm. And you miss the third C there. Compassion. That compassion. Mm. It's like if I'm not living in alignment for what I want to do in the world or I'm not, yeah, completing those promises to self, which is my biggest one. Am I waking up when I said I would? Am I practicing like I said I should? Mm. And then going, okay, but it's okay. Mm. Because I think what can happen with me is I miss the compassion. I'm curious enough to go, what's going on? Courageous enough to go, you shit. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. You could be better. Yeah. But I miss the point of like, hey, I'm my own best mate. This 31-year-old thing is, is a project that I've been working on ever since zero, uh, consciously or unconsciously. And that compassion piece, that coming back to myself and having my own back and trusting, you know, trusting myself that I've got me mm. and then also going, cool, what am I going to do about it? Because mm-hmm. I can sit in the compassion for too long as well mm-hmm. and go, cool, it's all good though. It's all fine. I am grateful for everything that I have and I live in a yeah a detached society from what is hard life. Mm. And I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking of the intersectionality that I live in a place where I don't think about my next meal. Yeah. But it's all relative and there is still work to be done. And it sounds like you've had people along your way that have pushed you there uh, that have asked you, you're not actually obviously happy and that you've gone on this journey to build trust within yourself, to have it reflected back to you, hey, you should trust yourself, you should, you're great, be more you, and then you've come back and you've implemented that trust with these hard conversations and you've reclaimed whoever you are in this version mm. and now you're in a point where you're wanting to, to give that mm. to other people. And so I'm curious, like, what is that mission statement? What is what is reclaiming yourself with Sijin look like? Uh, what do you want it to look like? Where do you want to see it going? Mm. Paint that for us.
0: For sure. Like, back in the day, I thought purpose was achievement-based. When I get that, that is my end purpose. Mm. Now it's alignment-based. If I'm living according to my values, I'm, I'm bleeding my purpose right now speaking to you because this is – I love doing this and it's ticking off so many values and it's just – I can feel in my body. I'm loving this, and then by doing that, it, I can by living so me. I hope to give permission to others to live so them, mm. because I can say things on my podcast and my videos, and I'm trying to that will you know, I get people to see in a different way. But I know the biggest way I can help others is by being it, by living it, and by yeah, copping the trade-offs and all these things and be like, you know what? i'm still I'm still doing it. I'm still showing up. and this is this is me, and then hopefully inspire people to do the same. Mm. and yeah, it's it's I feel like with there again, although there are many challenges in context because I know my why and my definition right now so well that they're they're fine. they're, they're so within what I'm willing to yeah in quotation marks sacrifice because i can see my northern light and mm. so strong
1: here you really do paint pictures with mm. your words mm. and and i was there with you and i love that it's that classic thing of i'm not asking anyone to do anything that i'm not trying to do myself mm. and it isn't the the wounded healer vibes no it's somebody that's living in integrity and letting their actions speak and letting those that attract to that to come and to go down the journey of reclaiming themselves asking themselves to be curious to be courageous and to be compassionate and then really find what is the alignment and it sounds like you've found that alignment and now you're on this beautiful refinement journey of getting closer and closer and closer, trimming, 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 Mm. trimming to yet just being you and the fullest expression of that, whether it's remembering it, creating it or finding it, you're doing all of it. And I really am inspired by that type A personality that you're talking about because that yeah, get shit done has I think made you like fucking mow through this really mm-hmm. quickly, and to return to give it to your community or to give it to those in a community that want mm-hmm. to experiencing it. That is what I believe we're here to do: to find our light, then bring it to brighten up everyone else's.
0: Massively, thank you. I feel really yeah seen in that, and because I can see you on a similar path. And I think the biggest thing that's helped me continue with this trust is letting go of the idea that, I, that it has to happen now mm. because this is, it's such a slow journey in what I'm doing and, and again, redefining the purpose being that end goal because then I'm sprinting to try to find that purpose then reframing it being like I'm living my purpose now and there is no destination. It's like the classic. It's my favourite cliche. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. But by doing that, it takes away any urgency and pressure and that was probably the biggest obstacle in all of this was like the cool you got it now get it like now <laughs> and then it's just the cut and that that's why the people around me constantly remind me of what is important and that's why I'm such an advocate for doofs because it's just that reminder that reset traveling reset you know for me psychedelics occasionally reset mm. like these things that pop it because it's so hard to not get caught up even if you know you you're, you're Super aware or sensitive to all these things, we still get caught up in this, in these you know ways of being, and to constantly have that reset in the form of people or places or experiences, and and I'm just I have no idea where I'm going to end up, but I'm enjoying the next two steps so fucking much, and I think that's the key.
1: And if people want to find out where you've ended up, how do they connect with Sedge mm. Wedge? <laughs> Sedge Wedge. How do you say the last name again? Give me another go. Who are Who are
0: Um. Yes. Yeah, so Instagram is probably where I'm the most active. So that's I.am.sejun.g. Um. My website, Sejin Gunaridis, you're going to have to learn how to spell my name. name.com, uh, hopefully, all in the show notes. Um. Where else? yeah I do workshops and community events, but seasonally, but I'd say Instagram reach out, even just say hello. I love meeting people and hearing, yeah how this hit people, how this kind of sat and stuff.
1: Mm. and I hear you have a podcast as well. What is it? Well, how is it
0: It's called the barefoot hustler and it's uh it was born from my struggle to live in between the worlds of you know hardcore go go, which you guys have heard, and the more barefoot slow soul living because these are all parts of me mm. um and for a lot of my life I was like which one am I am I Byron am I Melbourne and then realizing I'm both and neither at the same time and I started at around eight you know a year or yeah around a year ago wow now um and I interview other barefoot hustlers people creating and hustling from a grand and aligned place people mm. paving the way and pioneering um so you will be on my podcast soon <laughs> damn <laughs> Podcast swap. Um, <laughs> it's like a tip for dad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plug in. Um, yeah, and that is, I, I adore that. And that's been on its own journey um, in itself, but fucking love it. It's mm. so good. So, yeah, jump on that. I would love for people to experience that. And, yeah, thank you so much.
1: Amazing. Yeah, I'll put all that in the show notes. Sedge, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on here Mm. in all your wogness, in all your wokeness, which for those of you who haven't heard this before, it's not about being woke in that sort of toxic I'm better than you. It's being woke in the sense of just discovering Mm. and putting down books and being in the library of life and growing more awareness and being curious, Mm. courageous, and compassionate. Mm. And so thank you. Epic. We got it.
0: We got it. First of
1: many, I hope, mate, as we're on this journey. Yes. Uh, And for all of you at home, I hope you got something out of this. This is another episode of Woke Wogs, uh, Sedge Wedge with J.V. Uh, We'll see you next time.
0: Woke (laughs) Wogs.
1: You're a better singer than that. No, 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 we're not finishing like that. Give it to me, girl.
0: This one's for the boys and the (laughs) boys.
1: Well, 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 would you look at that? You made it to the end of this WODcast. It must mean you enjoyed yourself. And if you want to support myself in this new venture, please like, subscribe and share it on your social channels. Thank you for all the help and support. Of course, I'll see you here next time on